Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. And the reason people are joyless is simply because they spend too little time in the presence of God. You get up, you're in a go mode, you busy yourself into weariness, and when you come home, you have nothing to offer your husband, you have nothing to offer your, your children, you have nothing to offer your family, and husband have nothing to offer their wives, and vice versa, simply because you are too busy. You can be busy doing a lot of good things, but you're not busy doing the better thing. In your presence is fullness of joy. I said the definition of joy this morning. I just love this definition. It says joy is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and is not dependent upon things or circumstances. That's my definition. I love that definition and I want you to embrace it. Joy is an inner divine what? Gladness. It is joy is not based on your circumstances, how much money you have, how many friends you have, how many degrees you have, how many who's who you know in society. Listen, those people come and go, money come and go, furloughs come, people get laid off. All of those things are going to happen. But even should they happen, I don't lose my joy because my joy is not based on the external, but the internal. Amen. Joy is an inner divine gladness that's given by God and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and is not dependent upon things or circumstances. And when you live with the spirit of joy, you attract more people for the cause of Christ. When you live with the spirit of joy, you become more attractive in the kingdom of God. Have you ever seen some people when they come around, everybody just scatter? They don't want to be around. I mean, they just scatter. They find reasons to not be around them. And if they're in their presence, they count down from two minutes down to hurry up and get out of their presence. But when you're full of joy and you got that smile on your face and your face radiate the presence of God and you speak in the affirmative and you talk in faith, and you're, you're a lovely man or woman of God. You're a lovely child of Christ. It, it's something attractive about that. If you're not continually throwing yourself on a habitual pity party. I was heading to Georgia, my wife and I. And so I stopped by the men's room in the airport, that huge airport in Atlanta. So I went to the restroom. So I was washing my hands. And you know how, you know, to get the soap, you have to sometimes, you have to put your hand and wave your hand and the soap will squirt out. And so I got mine and it just squirted right out. And so this gentleman about two bowls over, he went to one and he didn't get it to work. And then another one, he didn't get it to work. And went to another one. And then he said, this, this, and he, he started calling every four letter word. He said, I, I'm sick of this stuff not working. And he, oh, he just cussed the faucets out. He cussed the soap dispensers out. He cussed everything out. And I'm just looking at him, you know, as I was washing my head. I, I said, sir, sir, 
Sir. I did. Settle down. It's going to be all right. Let me show you what your hands are down too far. Bring your hand up a little bit and just wave it. He did like that. Oh. Oh. I'm all right now. I'm all right. I said, yeah, it's going to be all right. Man, it, it doesn't take all that. Come. God had me there to just, I didn't tell him I was a preacher and I didn't tell him I was a, a, a Christian. I didn't tell him all that stuff. I was on my way, but I just wanted to calm that man down who was cussing out the soap dispenser because it wasn't shooting out the soap because his hand was so far down and he thought the dispenser was the problem and he was the problem. And you know, and that's just like y'all. Y'all think everybody else is the problem. And you point like this and you got all them fingers coming right back at you. No, it is, it's not. And even when you had a message, oh, you should have been here. She needed that message. No, you here. You need this message. You're the problem and don't know it. Listen, people need to see some joyful faces. And if you got to wait till Christmas to smile, Something is wrong with your joy. The, the joy that permeates, it bubbles over. It makes you shout. It makes you laugh. It, 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 it you, you, you burst with a sense of enthusiasm because of your faith in God. Even in calamitous time, you are still filled with joy because you're saying what come what may, I know that my God will take care of me. Now, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know where this is headed. I don't know why I'm furloughed. I don't know why I'm laid off. When the year started, I didn't know I would find myself in this position. But Lord, you know, I'm your child. And I've been walking with you a long time. And I've seen you work in my past history. And the same God that delivered me in the past is God enough. It's God enough. It's God enough to keep me right now. He is able to keep us from falling. Do I have a witness here? How many of you know God is able? How many of you know God is sufficient? And how many of you know that you know that you know you know that your God will take care of you in spite of your circumstances? Oh, what happens? Listen, what happens when we worry? What happens? Number five, worry will usher in a spirit of fear. It will usher in a spirit of fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I love that verse. Fear not, for I am with you. You, you, you know why we, you know why we fear? We forget that God is with us. If we keep ourselves mindful of the fact that the Lord is with us, then we won't be so inclined to fear. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Some of you, you're scared to go out at night. You're scared to do this. You're scared to do that. You're scared to fly. You're scared to travel. And you allow Satan to use fear to put you in a self-made prison. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind. A sound mind. You know what a sound mind is? A stable mind. A stable mind. A healthy mind. A well-balanced mind. A mind that is spiritually functional to the glory of God. I want to tell you something, my friends. Listen closely. There is absolutely no one under my voice who can say in this life you have never experienced fear. All of us have experienced fear to one degree or another at some point of our lives and even now. Our response to it is what really matters. Sometimes we ought, we ought to have a healthy fear. <laughs> that, that can be a good thing. Our response to it is what really matters before the Lord. Will we allow the fear that comes to us to paralyze us or to drive us to Jesus? And sometimes you get afraid and uh, you don't know what to do and you get apprehensive, indecisive. At those moments when you sense an uneasiness and you sense that fear is coming upon you, because something has gone wrong. Maybe the finances are falling. Maybe the marriage is filled with tension. Or maybe something is drastically going on with your health. And you know something is going on in your body right this very moment. Your husband and wife don't even know. And you don't want to address the issue because you don't know where it's going. And you won't tell anybody because you are afraid. Let me tell you something. Allow that fear to drive you to Jesus. If that fear can just get you to Jesus, if you go to Jesus, he will help your fear. As a matter of fact, he will remove the fear. Number six, what happens when we worry? Satan will exploit a heart that is filled with worry. He will exploit a heart that is filled with worry. First Peter 5 eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, you know, Satan is your adversary. The devil, the devil is not your friend. He's your enemy. You're not to love the devil. You're not to play in his camp. You're not to have one foot in his camp and another foot in, in the Lord's camp. Choose ye this day whom ye shall, shall serve. You must make up your mind. You see, be sober. That means you got to be alert. You, you, you can't be crazy in your mind. You can't be confused in your mind. You got to have a right mind, a, a healthy, well, you have healthy thinking, a righteous mind. Because your adversary, say say my adversary, you have an enemy and his, he is Satan and he's out to destroy you, your parents, your children, and everybody associated with you. He want to wipe out your reputation, wipe out your character, wipe, matter of fact, he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, to destroy. The scripture says he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan wants you worried because when you stay in a state of, of worry, you are more right to be used by the enemy, the devil, and he will use that worry to your detriment. Number seven, worry affects how we treat others. It affects when you worry too long, all of a sudden, it affects how you treat others. Luke 6.31 says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. First Corinthians 10.24 says, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. You know, and, and most of the time, we think the worst of people before we think the best of people. That's right. That's right. We think the worst of them, and we don't ask the Lord to give us how to minister to them, how to handle them with care, how to handle them with the spirit of Christ, and how to handle them where they can see the love of Christ as we touch their lives compassionately for his glory. Uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. When you stay worried too long and answers don't come the way you think they should, there are times when even a root of bitterness can surface uh, to your detriment. Let me tell you this. When we worry, we become bitter. When we stay in a continuous state of worry, we become rude, abrasive. We become edgy. We become snappy, fussy, hard to deal with, which diminishes others' ability to see Christ in us. If you walk around looking like you've been baptized in lemon juice, if you walk around edgy, mad, snap, you snap your husband up, snap your children up, jacking them around, slamming the dough, because you just having a bad day. And God is saying, you grieve me because you are looking nothing like your heavenly father. You are marring my image. And God wants you to look like him before your husband, before your wife, before your children, before your neighbors, in your job, as a boss. God wants people to see Christ in you, even in the midst of tension. And, and in situations that are beyond your control because you block their view of Christ when you stay in a state of worry too long. A few more and I'll be done. Uh, number eight, you are worried will do. It will result in headaches, discouragement, extended worry, bring on depression, stomach problems, ulcers. Worry will bring on stress, loss of sleep, anger, problems with circulation, it deals with the heart. It puts a strain on your heart. It affects your glands, the whole nervous system, emotional issues. It'll bring on physical sickness and worry will even put you to death. Now, if worry will do all of that, why are you worried? And what are you so worried about to the point that you are killing yourself? Job 4, 5 says, but now it comes upon you and you are weary. It touches you and you are troubled. Psalms 42, 11 says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. In other words, when you put your hope in God, he lifts the discouragement. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. Let me tell you something. The sooner you stop worrying, the better off your life going to be physically and spiritually. Because of the impact worry has on the body, it will decrease one's quality of life 
as well as your lifespan, and it will not add one single hour to your life. In other words, Matthew 6.27 says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Give me one good thing worry can do for you. We see all the negatives, but we see no positives. And that's why God is saying all through this passage in chapter six, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Number nine, you know what worry does? It disrupts our productivity for God. It disrupts our productivity for God. John chapter 15, verse 16a says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Everybody in here, you are either good fruit or you're bad fruit. That's right. That's right. You're either good fruit or you're bad fruit. And uh, I sure hope we have some good fruit in here. And, and you know what? If you are in this church for any length of time, and if you are not in at least one ministry to the glory of God and being committed to that ministry and giving it all you got to the glory of God with the right spirit, with the right attitude, you there, whether it's one or 21, you're there in the rain, the cold, because God has called you to that ministry. Listen, if you are here for any length of time and you are not in one ministry, then you're not bearing good fruit. Good fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. He don't want you to just come in and warm the same seat you love to sit in. He wants all of us to bear fruit. Some people bear bad fruits. But when we worry, listen, even if you're bearing fruit, there will be a decline in the fruit bearing process because of worry. Finally, but the least, you say, you're done? I say, yeah. Number 10, why do people worry? Your mind can become so distracted and divided that it will impede your worship and service of God. If you fail to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his voice like Martha, you will become distracted and lose focus. Turn to Luke 10, uh, 38 through 42. Luke 10, final scripture, 38 through 42. Um, the scripture says in Luke 10, Luke 10, uh, 38 through 42. Now it happened as they went that they entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Look, she was distracted by what? Much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me here to serve alone? She had, a, she had an attitude because she was cooking and cooking the collard greens and the yams and all of that. And her sister thinks she's going to get a big plate, but she's sitting at Jesus' feet. And she's not putting on the sweet potatoes. In other words, and, and you know what? And then she's gonna she gonna tell God what to do. You know, there's some folks just like that. Instead of them listening to God, 
and let him tell us what to do. We want to tell him what to do. And so she's going to get beside herself. And you know, when you're going to tell God what to do with attitude, you're really beside yourself. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Now, when God calls your name twice, you better listen. After that second Martha, he arrested her attention. And you know what he said to her after he arrested her attention? You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I wonder how many Marthas do we have in the house? You worry, worry, worry. You busy, busy, busy. And Mary got herself. She sat at the feet of the Savior. And the scripture said she heard his words. She heard him speak. Listen, unless we make time to sit at the feet of Jesus and unbusy ourselves, Sit there until God settles us down. Sit there until we begin to experience God. Sit there until we begin to cultivate that intimacy with God. Sit there long enough until God begins to deal with us, to purge us, to sift us, to flush us out. And some of you, the reason you don't change, you don't sit at Jesus' feet long enough. And some of you never get to his feet. He said, Mary has chosen that good part. And some of you under my voice, your hearts are filled with worries. Your, your heart is concerned. You got things coming in through your mind. Matter of fact, it's hard for your mind just to settle down. One more. Worry can cause spiritual backsliding, spiritual regression, And church absenteeism. Worry can cause what? Spiritual backsliding. Spiritual regression. And church absenteeism. Hosea 11.7 says, My people are bent on backsliding from me. Though they call to the most high, none at all exalt me. Let me tell you something. You can get so worried so out of touch and so disconnected from God, the first thing goes is being in the house of God to worship with the people of God to the glory of God. And Satan has you right where he wants you to be when you, I'm not coming. I don't feel like coming. I'm, I'm depressed. I can't listen. I had a bad week. Nothing went right. Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure this thing out. I've got a problem. Who in here doesn't have a problem? Who in here doesn't have an issue? Who in here does not have a challenge? My friend, when you have your trials, it's when you need to assemble yourself with God's people on the Lord's day so that you can hear word from God, be encouraged so that you can live to the maximum of your potential the balance of the new week, that new week that's coming.
Satan loves it when you uproot yourself and stay home. Stay home and just stay home. You'd be surprised at the people like you've heard here. Christians turn into the Bible. Christians turn into the psychics. Christians turning to worldly opinions and philosophies and ideologies. They're going everywhere but to the Lord's house, to the Lord's day. I'm going to tell you something. Things are going to get so bad before it's over in America until the church house is going to be filled. Because I tell you what, if it gets bad enough, you'll come together. Oh, yes, you will. You will come together. Matter of fact, I've seen an increase. In the, I, I walked in here this morning and I looked out there. And I saw this crowd and it, it, it wasn't a bring a friend day. It wasn't military appreciation day. I said, where did all these folk come from? Wednesday night I was here. And I saw all the cars in the parking lot and I saw all the kids everywhere. I saw people and I said, wow. Listen, trials and crises and calamities has a way of pulling the church together and galvanizing the church like nothing else. You know why? We need to draw from the Lord and we need to stimulate one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, help one another when we we get in dire straits uh, financially or whatever the situation might be because we are family. And when you bypass the church, you spiral yourselves down uh, into such a depth of worry that it wipes you out and Satan will do you in. And all God's children said, Amen. let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. We love you and we bless you. And uh, we count it a joy uh, to be here today. And we count it a joy to preach the second part of this message. And I pray, Father, that we be encouraged to, to stop worrying and start trusting, start believing, start hoping in the great God of hope. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.